We've done it, Marina. We've done it. We broke into Jamie Anderson's house and we... Did you have to throw such a big brick through his window, by the way? He's not going to be happy about that. You did. Oh, okay. Well, you know, yeah, we, we got what we came for. And it's this. The master copy of GFI. Never ever seen by the wider Anderson community. It's supposed to be absolutely terrible. And today, on the 1st of April 2019, you and I are going to be the first people, aside from him and his dad and the people who made it, to see it. Well, I'm going to be the first. You're going to keep flying the eagle if that's okay. No, if, if it's if it's if it's really that bad, you can you can watch it afterwards. Anyway, I'm going to go into the back into the uh, passenger module. I will connect it to a screen there, and we will see just how terrible GFI really is. Right, I'll just uh, use the old Sonic to uh, right connect the tape to the randomizer's visual output, and that should. Do it, okay. Right, here we go. GFI. Uh, what, what the hell's this? Atomic explosion. Um, I thought this was a cartoon. This is mod. These are models. Um, and rather badly operated models at that. What's? Oh no. Introducing Paul Star. Oh no. Wherever there's danger, you'll find the men of the Space Bureau of Investigation. Anderson, you tricked me. Oh, well, I'll watch this crap anyway. Uh, yes, this is, um, hmm. This is, uh, Paul Starr, as you may have heard from the, uh, the slightly... A slightly familiar opening titles theme, which sounds a lot like Supercar crossed with Stingray, doesn't it? There is another. Hmm. Uh, yes, Paul Starr, not a Jerry Anderson production. This is a pilot produced by Roberta Lee in, um, I don't know when this was, the mid 60s, because uh, Roberta Lee, probably best known for creating Space Patrol, a rival to Fireball XL5, and a reasonably popular one actually. She also um, originated the ideas for The Adventures of Twizzle and Torchy the Battery Boy, so she is essentially the woman who sort of got Anderson's uh, puppetry-related career started. And having done that, she then uh, seemed to be in competition for him, well, competition with him for the next cool best part of the decade. Um, after she produced Space Patrol, which was a reasonably good success. Come in, come in. Um, she then tried this, which is um, a full-color pilot that I, I was never picked up for a series. Most generous of. About a space ranger called Paul, or space not space ranger. He's a special agent. Let's say special agent operating from an undersea base. Who do you think is behind it? General Darrings. He threatens to destestroy every and I'm I've, I'm playing Paul Star today because I think it's important to we don't know to look kind of at what was essentially Addison's competition at the time or would-be competition to see what they were trying to do to match 
what he was doing and the Space Bureau of Investigation. This robot just demonstrates the the extent to which this pilot does not work. This robot is essentially Robots and the electronic computers. Robbie the robot from Forbidden Planet crossed with a Dalek. To the extent that it has a Dalek suction arm and a Dalek little stubby gun. This completely this is a, a fine example of what Roberta Lee didn't understand. Paul Star and crew. She was undoubtedly a, a very talented lady, um, but when it came to judging what was popular and what was successful and why it was a success, she seemed to struggle with that to the extent that we have now these knockoff Daleks because Daleks are popular. Um, but we're not going to make them enough of our own thing. We're just going to kind of do the same and hope that the same success kind of spills over onto us. Equally, we have now a launch sequence for um, whatever this ship that Paul Star flies is. Everything looks so amateurish. And it's, it's really not. It just looks so basic and clunky compared to what Anderson was doing at the time. The closest comparison you can make between Paul Starr and an Anderson show, I think, is Stingray. Our solar scope's ready. But also, as you may have heard there, the star of the show, the voice of Paul Starr himself, is none other than Ed Bishop. And as much as I love Ed Bishop, he couldn't give a damn about this. There's no, there's none of that energy. There's none of that drama in his voice at all. And um, I think a lot of it is because he's just given such perfunctory dialogue to say. So anyway, Paul Starr is launching from his undersea base, which looks terrible. And like I said, it's not, it's not bad if. If it weren't for the fact that we didn't have Stingray. But we did have Stingray, and this is just a pale imitation. Sounds like a tough assignment. That's why they sent for the SBI. Now get going. Fast. You heard the orders, Lightning. Change to solar energy. Because uh, we have that. Yeah, this is um, Paul Starr and his buddy Lightning are being sent to Mars to investigate a series of fires at uh, nuclear power stations. And... Oh dear. The, the, there's no weight to any of these vehicles. There's no precision in the landing. Oh god, this power station looks terrible. And every room in the base, you see the sign on the door. Because it's easier to just show that rather than to sort of be clever, be inventive in the writing and, and convey it that way. How many men work here? Only ten. We're fully automated. Except for those ten. Where does that door lead? To the roof. I'll go up and look around. I um, maybe jump off if this gets any worse. This place looks comfortable. <laughs> What's that? There is literally a bed birds and, a and a chair. Well, no one could hide here. Um, yes, they could. It's a massive open space with um, lots of room to hide, actually. Anyway, um, Paul Starr's Japanese co-pilot Lightning has uh, crept up onto the top of a tower. Um, I have to tell you that he's Japanese because he's very humble. He won't mention it himself in the dialogue. It's left its egg. 
It must have been afraid because I was watching. And I am quite scary. With only ten men to watch, it shouldn't be difficult to find the one we want. What's that? Yeah, Paul Star does not seem uh, particularly on the ball when it comes to uh, assignments or anything. What's in your hand? Come on, show me. And this is another good example of this show. Um, Radio. That's the cracker. It, it goes. It, it does a lot of um, very odd moments where characters can see what each other are holding, and they still ask what they're holding. What's that egg? It's an egg. See, that's a perfect example. This, these characters are. Your face is enough to scare anyone. Oh well, screw you. I wonder if a robot could cause a fire. Let's find out. Yes, sir. Would you like some matches? Uh, these characters are. I'll take a look there. Thoroughly unlikable, and I think part of the reason is the puppets have these um, what look like rubber faces. The mouths are animated quite well, but the eyes don't move. And that's rather rather unnerving when you got you so used to the Jerry Anderson stuff, where the puppet's eyes moving the puppet's eyes was like was that as far back as Torchy they were moving the puppet's eyes? So this is further Uncanny Valley stuff. But anyway, the pilling egg that Lightning gathered has just exploded in their room. Do you think I'm a traitor? It's my job to suspect everyone. So, so far, Paul Starr is just wandering into rooms, pointing his gun at people who apparently just work at the base and are doing their jobs, and, uh, yeah, isn't getting very far. He's accusing a lot of people, but he's not making any headway with his investigations. Meanwhile, his comrade lies dying. I can smell smoke. <laughs> Maybe I should investigate. Again, more familiar sound effects lifted from the Anderson shows. We know that, that noise so well. And again, it's it's part of making this this show look as Andersony as possible. But it's not there. Yes, and so is lightning. We'll soon have this under control. I mean, it only took us half an hour to find him, but, you know, now that we know, we'll, I'm sure we'll sort this out very quickly. I was as unconscious as my ancestors. <gasps> Sounds as if it was an explosion. He's, um, he's Japanese, in case you didn't know. Forget the egg. Our problem is to tell Chief what's happened. I'm afraid... Um, yeah, forget the reason for the explosion. Just, just report that it happened. Oh, gosh, this underwater base. This is dreadful. What's the matter with Star? Lightning nearly gets Oh, his chief's eyes are moving. And they still don't know what Um Only a little, but they are moving. Doctor Man has arrived. Send him in while I talk to the president. Oh, Doctor Man. This could uh this could be uh some comedy gold coming up here. I'm your new assistant. My what? I don't have a woman down here. You're stuck with me for the next four months. You will resign long before then. Care a bet on it? I don't gamble on certainties. Oh dear. Um. Well, there we go. The the chief has a new woman assistant. Um. I don't know why he thinks she'll be resigning within four months or whatever the hell the deadline was that he gave her. But you see, she's a woman, and her name's Doctor Man. <laughs> Oh god, this is sexist hell. I am determined to hatch it into honorable bird. Where because I am Japanese, you see. I have no character, just oh, nationality. 
If this is a real egg, I'm a pilling. What's wrong? I want to get rid of this. Open the window. Yeah, suspected bomb. Just chuck it out the window of a power station. It, it doesn't matter where it lands. Oh! You've blown up... You've blown up what looked like a fuel storage tank. Good on you, Star! Yeah, so Star and Lightning have become convinced that these uh, birds are laying egg bombs. Only one pilling is making for the roof. Or one particular pilling. Must be the phony bird. You're right. This bird is mechanical. Hey, Star, do you want to jump in and help Lightning? He's struggling with that bird. Quick! I can't keep it down much longer. Oh, you're just going to clear off. Okay. I'll call the Martian tracking station right away. And make it fast. Lightning can't hold that bird down much longer. And I'm sure as, I'm sure as hell not going to help him. Yeah, the chief and the uh, the leader of the baddies, was it General Dalinks or something? Their faces like Martian tracking station. thirty or forty percent. Martian tracking station receiving you. Chins. They've got the baddie has like three chins. They're very unattractive puppets. These. I can't hold on much longer. Poor Lightning, just being left to deal with this robot bird all by himself, <laughs> while Star is just sat on the bed, chatting to whoever he can call up on the video screen. This waiting's making me nervous. Lightning. Where did you come from? Happened? Nothing. Just stay awake and do some worrying with me. We've tracked the bird. Hang on, Lightning's Lightning's done more than you. He's been blown up. You're just blundering around telling people off for no reason. So, Chief's been landed with a woman. Because <laughs> he's a woman. This is Dr. Leslie May. Are you receiving me? And how? Uh, I mean, the... The, the supermarination shows could be sexist. I mean, sometimes the... The outfits on, say, UFO, you could say that's kind of sexist. But you would always see the women in... You called. Positions of authority... And even if they weren't playing huge roles in the stories, they were still mostly treated with respect. Um, but with this, with this poor old Dr. Man, who, even though she hasn't done anything, she's um, currently got her feet up on the sofa drinking tea. Where's the bird? Still flying over the water. She doesn't deserve any of these uh, sexist pigs making all these comments about her. Now we know what causes the fires. Star need not stay there. Tell him to go after that bird. Wait, that wasn't the plan already? What a life. A woman and a robot telling me what to do. Yeah, um, that's, that's bad. Woman and a robot. I, I dare say it would be impossible to choose which is worse. Anyway, we seem to be limping towards some kind of conclusion now. Can you see the bird? Yes. Well, don't lose sight of it. Okay, I take back what I said about the puppet's eyes not moving. Um, Star's eyes are moving ever so slightly. Destroy it! But it's not really enough to, to to give them that life. And also that the the hand insert shots that we're so familiar with in the Supermarination shows. There have been half a dozen shots in this where it's a puppet hand operating the controls, and it looks so off. Oh, we're approaching... Darinx's headquarters are here. They must be underwater. An Prepare Arctic base, which is um, about as impressively realised as everything else in this show. It does have that quality that um, of just kids playing with their toys in the bathtub. 
I mean, Star's ship has just landed in the sea and is now diving underneath the uh, the iceberg to look for the secret base. And it just looks... Actually, the, the rocks underwater are looking okay, but the way the model is just wobbling around the place. See, do you think... I do. We're going up again. Sometimes. Not often, but occasionally I do think. Part of the iceberg has melted. Destroy the solar scope. Then launch our submarine. We can't stay here any longer. He's got four chins, that baddie. Uh, and he's not especially fat, he's quite thin, so what's with the chins? That's kind of disturbing. Anyway, he's about to uh, open fire on Paul Star, and to be fair, this is a fairly impressive rocket that the little alien puppet is launching here. Um, but when we cut to the model shots, it, it's just so... None of it has any weight. It doesn't have that, that sort of... Yeah. Thank you, Lightning. That really just summed everything up. Um, yeah, it doesn't have the weight that the Meddings effect stuff does. And it's, as with a lot of these Roberta Lee pilots, it's we know, we recognize what makes a particular show a success. We're going to try and copy it, but we don't really understand why. We'll present you with the basics, but we, we haven't got that magic, that spark. The Martian president wants him dead or alive. Looks as if it'll have to be dead. Very well. You know... Casual indifference to human life it is, then. If we get out of this alive, I am going to resign. Stop talking and get ready to fire the gun. Okay, yeah, you won't be around for any more Paul Star adventures, which is good because there aren't going to be any. This solar scope is diving toward us. Destroy it! Stop yelling. It's the same instruction you've been giving for the last ten minutes. Just shoot the damn thing. Ten, nine, eight. Fire. Fire, get on with it. Six, five. Oh, God, he's still going. Two, one, fire. Fire, yes, thank you. Uh, the set seems to be on fire. Oh! Okay, the baddie's headquarters have been hit. The baddie has just slumped backwards in his chair. His eyes just sightlessly staring up at the ceiling. Yeah, he's dead. Um, lots of familiar sound effects. Oh! Culminating in um, real-life A-bomb test footage. Always a nice thing to have in a children's show. By the way, Lightning, do you still want to resign? And leave Dr. Man to you? I am too much of another gentleman. Um, wait. I thought you hated the idea of a woman being around. Oh, God. Who cares? Anyway, that was Paul Starr. Not an Anderson show. And thankfully not even a real show because it never got beyond the pilot. Yes. Not impressive. I think it is important to look at things like this, though, and just appreciate how good we had it with shows like Thunderbirds and Stingray which probably, to be fair, had a lot more money thrown at them than this. Tell him there's trouble. But this is just... Roberta Lee seemed to spend, like, five or six years after Space Patrol just kind of trying to find that Anderson magic and not making it. I mean, even here... This sounds so much like a cross between Supercar and Stingray. And, land or sea, and it can journey anywhere. Star. Oh, Ed Bishop. Oh, sorry, Edward Bishop. 
you have done better, my friend. And thankfully you would go on to do better. As would Anderson. But sadly, Roberta Lee, you did not deliver the goods this week.